Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Southern California Live with Wendell. Johnny Wendell. Special edition of Southern California Live on this post-election Sunday in Southern California. We got loads and loads of results for those that haven't completely followed what's gone on in California, and we're going to talk about them, and we're going to talk about the absolutely ludicrous response to our wildfires from uh, President Trump. First, to discuss the issue at hand, because fires are going to go out, but the elections are going to remain (laughs) Uh, And it's hard to decide which are going to do more damage to us. This much we know so far on this Sunday, we will have a new governor by the name of Gavin Newsom. He's the lieutenant governor of California. He defeated a businessman by the name of Cox by about 20 percentage points. So he's our new governor. Dianne Feinstein appears to have held on against... Uh, challenger Kevin DeLeon by about 11 points or so. One would assume that as Senator Feinstein is 85, this is likely her last term. Also, she did not do as well against DeLeon as people had expected. Uh, An awful lot of the Democratic Party base voted for Mr. Senator DeLeon, excuse me, uh, State Senator DeLeon. And this may be a signal to Ms. Feinstein to do whatever she's going to do in the remaining six years in the Senate and uh, perhaps call it a day. In terms of Congress, so far we know this. The Democrats have flipped three House seats, seat in Palmdale held by Steve Knight, one in North San Diego County, South Orange County that belonged to Daryl Issa, and Dana Rohrbacher's district in Orange County. All three of these have flipped to Democrats. Uh, The seat up in Modesto held by Jeff Denham, who is a Republican, is likely to have flipped. So the Democrats are likely to have flipped four seats, possibly six. In Orange County, in Fullerton, incumbent Mimi Walters only leads by a percentage point over Katie Porter, who's the Democrat down there. And as ballots keep coming in, Ms. Walters, Congressperson Walters' lead diminishes. Republicans do seem like they will hold on to the 39th district. That was held by Ed Royce for many years, a Republican who retired. And the seat will be taken by a Republican woman named Young Kim, versus a Democrat, Gil Cisneros. That district does have a fairly heavy Asian population, many of whom voted for Kim, who was more or less invisible 
during the campaign season. She didn't make many appearances. She was very, very quiet. Uh, Gil Cisneros, her Democratic opponent, has never been particularly popular anywhere. (laughs) Uh, he's, He's not the most affable human being in the world. So Kim kept her mouth shut, uh, kept her distance from Donald Trump, who is not popular in that district as well. And she looks like she may have held on. Cisneros may end up winning. Um, more likely than not in 2020, uh, that would be, will be a one-termer for Kim. That is a Democratic-leaning district at this point, And Democrats are more likely to nominate somebody a little more palatable for the district as well as the seat up in Fresno, likely to have been retained by David Valadao. He is a a Republican in a blue district up in that neck of the woods, and he defeated a businessman named T.J. Cox, but slightly. Cox barely ran at all. More likely than not, Democrats in those two districts are going to run stronger candidates in 2020 and 2020 for all intents and purposes, judging by what we've seen may be a tougher year for Republicans than 2018 was. In 2018, it turned out to be a very difficult election for Republicans, not just in California, but all over America. They they lost the House of Representatives. They should have probably gained as many as seven or eight Senate seats. They're going to end up gaining maybe one um, net it's, as it appears that uh, Democrats are likely to uh, have flipped the Senate seat in Arizona, which will offset the Republicans' likely flip of a Senate seat in Florida. Republicans did pick up seats in Indiana, North Dakota, and Missouri. Democrats flipped a seat in Nevada. If Bill Nelson, the incumbent Democrat, does hold on in Florida, it'll be a wash. Republicans will still be up in the Senate by a couple of votes. Thing is, though, is that this was the most favorable electoral map for them in 100 years. Democrats were defending 25 seats. Republicans were defending nine. So the fact that Democrats kept the loss to a minimum should be a cause of some alarm. More importantly for Republicans is that in Texas, which is absolutely critical to them holding on to the White House in 2020. They had a Senate race that went down to the wire in which, and you heard it here first, the losing Democratic candidate became a national superstar and could quite possibly be the Democratic Party standard bearer. A congressman from El Paso named Beto O'Rourke lost to incumbent Ted Cruz by a couple of points. Now, yeah, he lost, but you got to think about it like this. Six years ago, Mitt Romney defeated Barack Obama in Texas by 18 percentage points. Four years later, Donald Trump defeats Hillary Clinton by nine. A few days ago, Beto loses by two and a half to Cruz. If you're a Republican strategist, you're looking at diminishing levels of victory in every major race. And in 2020, given that we don't know what the status of the economy in America is going to be, We do know that the president has never been over 50 percent approval in the country and not in Texas either. This is going to be Texas could end up becoming a swing state in the next election. And for Republican strategists, that's got to be kind of dicey. In fact, 
And I want to expand on this because this is really, really important for as, as in terms of California and, and as a national issue as well. I have read on Twitter and um, on Facebook and all over the Internet this idea that, well, Obama got wiped out in the 2010 elections as well. In 2008, he won big. In 2010, he got crushed, comparable to the crushing that the Republicans got the other day, especially in the House of Representatives, because remember, the Democrats did retain the Senate in 2010 because the map was favorable to them the way the map was favorable to Republicans this year. Fact of the matter is, though, is this, and this is something that you have to give serious consideration to. When Obama ran in 2008, he was running against a relatively popular Republican, John McCain, and he defeated him by eight percentage points. Trump, in 2016, lost the popular vote by over two percentage points, by nearly three million. If you compare those two statistics to each other, this would mean in 2020, uh, given that Obama's uh, level of victory over Romney in 2012 was half that that his victory over McCain was, this would infer that Democrats are likely to get about 50 percent of the vote in 2020 or that things being what they are. Actually, it, that is in reality what you're going to see, that they'll, they'll win 50 to 46 or 50 to 44 trend lines being what they are. Going back to the the central point that we made earlier, President Trump has never been over 50% approval. And given that he is not going to have a cooperative Congress to work with starting in January, there is only so much that he can do purse strings-wise to keep the business cycle from cycling down. We have had an up business cycle for over nine years. At this point, eventually it has to come down. And the tax cuts that we got not too long ago are going out of effect for middle America next year, and they can't be bolstered again for wealthy America. So what that means is that giant infusion of cash that we got from tax cuts that probably staved off a minor recession is gone. And a minor recession is likely headed our way probably at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. That would be very difficult for Mr. Trump to explain away. Lastly, and most importantly, in terms of California 2018 uh, election results on the propositions, here we go. On Proposition 1, authorized bonds to fund specified housing assistance programs. That is a bond issue to build more housing in California. This, that was a no-brainer. Uh, Proposition 2, also a no-brainer, authorizes bonds to fund existing housing programs for individual individuals with mental illness. Absolutely. Anybody who lives in the city in California knows this was necessary. However, Proposition 3, a no, authorizes bonds to fund projects for water supply and quality, watershed fish, wildlife, water conveyance, and groundwater sustainability. This was probably a mistake to vote on no on that one, especially given what we know now with the wildfires. Proposition 4, authorized bonds funding constructions at hospitals providing children's health care, a no-brainer. Proposition 5, changes requirements for certain property owners to transfer their property tax base to replacement property, no. 
good on us for saying no on that one. That was deliberately confusing and only thrown in for major property owners in California. The big one, Proposition 6, eliminates certain road repair and transportation funding, requires certain fuel taxes and vehicle fees to be approved. In other words, the gas tax remains. As you know from having listened to me for a while on this issue, I am vehemently opposed to the gas tax. I don't like it. This was a bad vote. The roads in California are a shared responsibility, not just for people who need to get around, whose livelihoods are being threatened, but by everybody. It's a state issue, not a driver's issue. This was a mistake. Proposition 7 confirms California daylight savings times to federal law. It allows the legislature to change daylight savings times, period. Yeah. <laughs> Proposition 8 was a no. Regulated amounts of outpatient kidney dialysis clinics charged for dialysis treatment. This was remarkably the most expensive of the ballot measures. Needless to say, dialysis providers didn't like what they saw, and they got their way. Proposition 9 was removed from ballot by order of the California Supreme Court. It was unconstitutional. 10, rent control, no. And by the way, this lost by 22 percentage points. This was a, an enormous mistake by voters. Uh, major property owners and developers knocked this one down. They were terrified that rent control would return because it would cut into their profit margins. But the fact is, this doesn't aid and abet new housing being created in, in California whatsoever. Big mistake. Proposition 11 requires private sector emergency ambulance employees to remain on call during work breaks. That's a yes. I'm not an EMT. <laughs> anyway, Proposition 12 establishes new standards for confinements of specified farm animals, bans sales of non-complying products. This is the free-range proposition. This is the one that says that animals that are being raised to being slaughtered deserve better living conditions, which I suppose is a good thing for all of us. Whether or not this affects the price of food created in California remains to be seen, but it is somewhat more humane. When we come back, the president in his tweets about wildfires the pinnacle of ridiculousness on KEIB AM 1150. This is the Patriot this John Wendell Special Edition. Stay tuned. KEIB AM 1150. This is the Patriot Johnny Wendell. Southern California live with me on the Sunday after elections. Uh, happy Veterans Day. Hug a veteran. Be kind to veterans. Try not to create more veterans than already exist. Happy Veterans Day. As the son and grandson of veterans, I only wish they were with me now, but they are not. In California, we have major issues right now. In the Malibu area, We've got a 75,000-acre fire, the Woolsey Fire. In Northern California, the entire town of Paradise, California, was wiped out in Butte County. And what we ended up with as a result of all this was a tweet 
from the president blaming the state's wildfires on, quote, poor forest management and then threatening to withhold federal money, which, by the way, he recanted and federal money is on its way for disaster relief, as we knew it would be. To say that this is... All right, let me derail myself in advance. I'm going to say something ridiculous about how how absolutely absurd and insane this tweeting is for a variety of reasons. You know that already. This is par for the course for somebody with no self-control who really, really hates the state of California because he watches Fox News 24-7 and we are Fox News' favorite whipping boy. Therefore, anything bad that happens in California is California's fault because we are a bunch of non-Republican Party voting liberals. Let's get real here. That's the root of all of this, isn't it? This is now a deep blue state. The irony that Paradise, California, which is now ashes, was a bright red Republican community up in Northern California. This is of no mind. The word California, it's like, it's like Pavlov's idiot watchers of, of that ridiculous news channel start salivating when they hear the word California and they can't wait to tee off on us. Everybody's leaving California. California's economy is in ruins. Nobody wants to live in California. And your wildfires are part of your poor forest management. Listen, imbecile, let me square you on this. Most forest land in California, believe it or not, is not owned by private entities, nor is it managed by the state of California. Mr. Trump, it's Bureau of Land Management land. It's national park land. It's national forest land. That means it's your responsibility. On the issue of fires in forests, it is the high chaparral in Northern California that burned down, immolating at least 13 people. Not forests. You see, forests are full of trees, and the chaparral is full of grass. Grass and trees are not the same thing. Isn't it amazing the things you learn by listening to Johnny Donnie? Also, I have heard this from a number of Mr. Trump's cult, that if only California's liberal legislature and governor had opened up the California Delta's water, none of this would happen. You've heard this, undoubtedly. It's the protection of the Delta, which has water-starved California. Of course, what they don't mention in this Delta water starvation scenario is that the Delta water would not be going to where the fires are burning. They would be going to California farms in the Central Valley, which the last time I checked are not on fire as we speak. And by the way, tend never to be on fire because they're farmland, not forests or grass. This is the kind of idiocy that we are dealing with, with the federal government and the commander-in-chief of same. We, all right, not we, I, I, Johnny, am sick and tired of being a target for these pinheads because I choose to live in California. That California's natural topography 
is not to blame for wildfires. It is. We live in a state with steep mountainsides. We live in a state which has at high altitudes chaparral. We live in a state that's prone to drought. We live in a state that is in drought. We live in a state with high winds. That's the nature of places that have high mountains is that they have high winds too. Deserts also. And if you combine high winds and dryness and the fact that people do stupid things with cigarettes that aren't put all the way out or sparks that fly off of exhaust pipes that hit the pavement, you end up with massive fires or lightning strikes. We're tired of this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this idea. California gets no money because of poor forest management. You people are the forest managers, not us, for one. For two, we send you more money than we get back. I'll tell you what. We'll, take, we'll make it. We'll zero it out. We'll send you exactly what we get back and the balance, the difference we get to keep. We'll build desalination plants and pump water into the mountains. How, how's that? Does that sound like a fair deal to you? It does sound like a fair deal to me. Now, I can't speak for all of Californians. I can only speak for myself. But when I see what J. Keith Gillis says, he's the chairman of the California Board of Forestry and Fire Protection, he says the president is at best uninformed. Quote, California has always been a leader with respect to sound science-based forest management practices on private land. Unfortunately, these practices don't have much influence on wind speed, temperature, relative humidity, or drought cycles, even if they may help us address the long-term threat of climate change, which the president doesn't believe in. (sighs) Remarkable when you think about it. We are at the mercy of a president of the United States who has a personal bone to pick with the largest state in the United States simply for having the audacity to have voted for his opponent over him by 30 percentage points, and likely this number will go to 33 or 35 in 2020. Also likely is the balance or remainder of the Republican Party, which, by the way, for the first time, I believe in the state's history, is sending single digits only to Congress. Certainly, since California has had 50 seats, the Republicans have always had double digits. It appears that they will have, at best, nine representatives going to Washington in January. That doesn't mean that the Republican president of the United States has the right to crap all over us. If you want to win in California, maybe you should pay mind and heed to the things that matter to Californians instead of super serving an angry base that hears the word California and pees in its depends with rage. I won't hold my breath for you to change your mind, Mr. Trump. Southern California Live with Wendell. Have a most lovely rest of whatever time of day you happen to access this on. I know I will. See you later. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.